Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Hey, friend, I'm so glad you're here today for episode 138, Changing Focus, with award-winning essayist and children's book author Patrice Gopo. Patrice has a joy for life that is contagious. She's the kind of person I'm drawn to because she displays a humble confidence and radiates a peaceful joy. Those are things I long to have and often find elusive. So talking with Patrice was both encouraging and challenging as I listened to her embrace life with flexibility and ease, trusting in both the waiting and the winding that often comes with the call of God on our lives. Our verse this week is Isaiah 43, 19, which says in the NIV, See I am doing a new thing. New things can bring uncertainty and those angsty, anxious feelings I'm really uncomfortable with. But I've thought often about my time with Patrice since we recorded this conversation for you. I think about how she smiles as she feels God inviting her to do something new. And I want more of that. I want to do more thinking about the adventure ahead rather than feeling like the change means I was doing it wrong before. God is all about new things, and I want to be about what God is about. So I'm talking to him more and more about helping me grow in my ability to see and embrace the new things he's doing in my life. I hope you are as encouraged as I was by my chat with Patrice. I know you're going to love her. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome into this podcast episode where we take in and live out the promises of God. I am Angie Bauman, and with me today is Patrice Gopo. Patrice, thank you so much for joining us and serving us today. Welcome to the Steady On community. Oh, well, thank you so much. It is really my pleasure and a delight to be here. So thanks for inviting me to be on your show. I'm so excited because here as we start the new year, because this episode is going to drop right as the new year drops, which sometimes yeah. sometimes is how it feels like, right? <laughs> the new year has dropped upon us. Yeah, we're going to talk. True. I know we're going to talk a little bit about changing focus and how sometimes God calls us to make adjustments. I don't know if you're familiar with the experiencing God study. Is that anything you've ever been? Oh, you! I have done that. Yes. I have done that in the past. Yes, well, I, I'm very familiar with it. As we're recording this, I'm in the middle of doing that study again. And I first did it like 20 years ago. Okay. And okay. I'm working through it. I'm about halfway through it again right now as we're talking. And one of the things that it continually says in there is that when God calls us to something, it will take obedience takes a life adjustment. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear that or read that as I'm studying, I just pause because I'm like, oh no, what is that going to mean? Right? Because when when God calls us to something new and it creates this, we want to be obedient, 
Mm. We realize that obedience comes at a cost. And I know from reading some things about you that God has invited you to move with him a couple of different times in yeah. pretty big ways. And I'm, you were an engineer and now you're yes. a writer. That's, That's a really true. big shift, right? You went yeah. from mostly writing essays to writing books for children. That's a big shift. And so yes. talk to us a little bit about what it feels like in your life when God is inviting you to adjust or shift or move. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm really interested in this question because when I think about the shifts and changes I've experienced, I really do feel like they are invitations. And when I think about, um, you know, if somebody invited me to a party or something, that feels like a very positive experience. And yeah, I might need to adjust my schedule, do some things, but at the same time, there is a belief that I have within me that there is goodness on the other side of that invitation. And so I just feel as though that is how I've often maybe embraced some of these invitations that the Lord has extended to me is that sense of goodness being on the other side of that and kind of a almost like an intrigue or curiosity about how is this going to play out? Um, what's this going to be? So I think that's something that I feel is almost a sense of like, staying curious and wanting to consider what might happen. Um, so I think that's been a lot of my posture. Um, and you know, the other thing I will say, Angie, is as much, I, I really appreciate that study that you mentioned. I've done it a couple of times as well, but I have found that it's not always so clear to me when those invitations are happening. Amen. That was going to be my follow-up. So just take us there, right? What yeah, does that so feel just like? Yeah. like um, I would just say those transitions, they're not always so clear to me that it's happening. I sometimes feel it's in the looking back mm. that we see what was unfolding. But sometimes I think it's almost as though we just kind of take the next step and what we are is open to what could happen. So, you know, when I think about switching from engineering to writing, that certainly there was something before writing, before I found writing. So I started as an engineer and I worked in the field of engineering for a couple of years. And then I actually went back to um, graduate school. I got my MBA and my master's of public policy. My intent was to work with community and economic development projects and addressing issues of material poverty. So I was really interested in helping, um, working with women starting small businesses as a form of um, material poverty alleviation. And that work actually took me to South Africa, um, to Cape Town, South Africa. And it was there that I met the man that I ended up marrying. And so, I mean, I met him the day I arrived in Cape Town. And now I'll just be clear, it, it didn't, it wasn't love at first sight or anything like that, but it was a time, a period of time where I had expectations of what the future was gonna hold and they were suddenly shifted in a very dramatic way. Um, as this person who I ended up marrying came into my life and things changed. And so when we got married, I actually moved to Cape Town, South Africa and I no longer had a work permit. So I couldn't do the work that I had been trained to do. And, you know, Angie, it was in this time that I felt like this, um, almost like bubbling up of something that there were stories that I wanted to tell and words I wanted to write, but I didn't even know what this was or what was happening. And so sometimes now when I look back at some of these changes, I almost feel as though the experience of looking back, I can see how those 
beginnings often start as these tiny bubblings up. And it almost, when I feel that there's a sense of, oh, hey, Patrice, pay attention here, Mm. pay attention because there's something probably happening. It may not happen overnight or even over a year or anything, but there's likely something going on here that's going to possibly shift what's what you're doing, what you're what you're part of, what the invitation might be that's there. And so I think that was what was going on with me, that there was this bubbling up. And so I started just writing things. I remember the very first piece I ever wrote. I used to read this online women's magazine that's like now it doesn't, I don't think it even exists anymore. And I used to read this thing. And I just remember one day I was reading it and I thought, maybe I could write something for this publication. Pop, pop, pop. I just, I feel that right in the story. Cause you said it just bubbles up, right? That is, yeah. yes, that's stirring. Yeah, go ahead. Right, yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, yeah. Thought, yeah, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could. And so I went to the submission guidelines and sent a pitch to the editor. I mean, I've never done anything like this before, Angie, but I sent a pitch to the editor and the editor accepted the pitch, which now that I look back on that, I really feel like that, I mean, that doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen just like that, that you kind of just get started. But I I believe that was the beginning of a journey and a shift that was going on in my life. And so I responded to that and I started, you know, writing and I wrote multiple pieces for that publication for a while. And, um, but even within my own writing journey, there have been shifts within that as well, as I have shifted from writing more articles to then finding the personal essay form, and then later finding um, children's literature and picture books. But I always have this sense of like, there's a stirring that's happening. Um, But the other thing that I often see paired with that is an invitation to learn too. Because um, I think sometimes we have a sense of where God might be leading us and we want to just plunge in. And I'm not saying that should never be the case. I mean, I think it's important that we as individuals know ourselves and know like our tendencies are, do we tend to just like hold back and never plunge in? Or are we the type of person who just plunges in immediately? And so I think it's good to know oneself. Um, So I just would offer that to your listeners, but I know for myself that the invitation exists. And then I often have seen this pattern that the next step is to engage with the learning, to understand what this is that might be next for me. So I remember with essays and writing essays is I just took this deep dive into trying to understand the personal essay format, whether it was reading books or um, listening to, you know, podcast discussions about writing or, you know, taking classes or just learning what I could. And then, you know, really growing in the craft of being a writer. Um, And that really brought me to the place where I wrote my first book, an essay collection. It's called All the Colors We Will See. And then I would say in the, so that book came out in 2018 and, and Angie, I should take a pause. Do you have anything you want to say? I feel like I'm just talking and talking. You're you're doing great. I have a follow-up question whenever you do pause, but that's okay. Cause I'm learning a lot about your journey. Yeah. Finish this part. Yes. (laughs) I I I mean, I can get like that. I'll just like start talking and talking (laughs) and pulling the things out that I feel relevant. 
But in the summer of 2019, so my essay collection came out in the summer of 2018. And in the summer of 2019, I was sitting with a friend who had recently written a children's book that was a companion book for an, her adult memoir. And I was sitting with her and I just had this, it was like a spark or a bubbling up again. And this idea of an essay, this essay in my essay collection called Before, that could be the start of a picture book. And so that's where this, there was this idea that that came. And so for me, there is, again, there is this invitation. Well, what are you going to do with this idea? And, um, and I want to be really cautious here, Angie, because I don't want your listeners to then absorb some sort of burden that every idea that comes must be the thing I must do. Because I think- Okay, now you're speaking uh, my language. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and I don't don't think it's like that at all. I don't think it's like that at all. I I just think that invitations are extended and, um, and, you know, sometimes- it, 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 you reckon, I don't know, there's something within you that knows this is the one I need to follow. Yeah. And I, and I don't really have better words to explain that mm-hmm. except to say, I just think, because I have had tons of invitations that I haven't really done anything with. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's a problem that I've done, haven't done mm-hmm. things with them because I do think there's something, maybe there's something extra in that bubbling up that really makes me feel. So the reality though, is then after that, I didn't know anything about writing picture books. So I said about learning how to write picture books. So there was like the, this bubbling up of this idea and then putting my pos- myself in a position, like a posture of being a learner to understand how do you write picture books? How could this essay that I, this thing I've written as an essay, how could I like translate that into a picture book? And so I set about on a journey of doing that. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, I was able to take that um, essay and turn it into the manuscript that became my picture book, All the Places We Call Home. And so that was, you know, and along the way, what was really exciting is I discovered my love of writing picture books as well. So I love writing essays and I love writing picture books. So I feel as though God's invitation was to one of abundance. Like it wasn't necessarily, okay, you have to just go leave this and now do this. It was more like, there's so much more here and I'm the invitation is to engage in the so much more that exists. So, okay. So I'm going to pause there. Yeah, I do I love it. To say about the picture book yeah. and kind of that, but I, but I think let's, let's do your question first. Okay. Don't, for, I, don't forget that we'll circle start. back. Just, yeah. So okay. I, here's one thing that I want. I love the word curious about how you're mm-hmm. talking about staying curious and that pop, pop, mm-hmm. pop that I, I feel that like physically, I'm like, I have a response to that, that bubbling up that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something mm-hmm. I see in you that I don't see in myself. And I want to, I want to see if I'm accurate because what I, what I'm hearing you when you talk about curiosity and exploring the next thing, mm-hmm. I hear you having a lot of grace for yourself in that, like, I don't know how to do this. I think this is what I'm going to step out in this direction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to and I'll tell you something I do, Patrice, and maybe you can speak to this, or maybe if you've wrestled with it or just, I don't know, speak to it however you want to. But I, sometimes when I move from, I'm going to use your example from engineering to, uh, you know, going back to school, to writing essays, to, to writing children's books. Cause I've, I've, I've made those kind of changes in mm-hmm. my life too. Interestingly enough, I have an MBA now I'm a pastor and a Bible teacher. Oh, and right. I, yeah, okay. and I've done, like, so yes. I have shifted several times too, but yes. what I do, I don't have as much grace for myself as what I'm feeling that you have for yourself 
because I tend to look at the old thing as it was the wrong thing. Does that make mm. sense? And now I'm so, and I wonder if anybody else can relate to that. Maybe you could speak to that mm. for a minute because I would, I don't think that's of the Lord. So, mm. but I do, mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. know I do that. And sometimes it makes me, or it, it tempts me to feel like I just keep missing it all the time yeah. or something or doing the wrong thing. I don't know. Would you speak to that for just a moment? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. I would love to speak to that. And I think I'm going to just start us off with a story um, before I, that will kind of bring yeah. this together. Uh, maybe a story about my writing process. So when I write essays, I will often write, I mean, I will overwrite. I could write 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 words for an essay that ultimately the bulk of those words will not end up in the essay. Um, And I remember talking to a friend once and she said something along the lines of, well, doesn't that feel like such a waste? And I said, Oh, no, no, absolutely not. It doesn't feel like a waste. I feel like it is part of the journey of me understanding what is even happening in this essay. And it's part of the process of um, being with the writing, but also creating this final thing too. So I in no way think of it as a wasted period or that I couldn't figure it out quickly enough or anything like that. Instead, I think of it as just an aspect of, you know, the writing and how that happens. And I know other people are going to have different experiences around writing and things like that. But that's the mentality I bring to the writing. And I think it's also a mentality that I bring to life as well. Because here's what I believe, that the things that I've done in the past, those were the invitations for that moment in time. But because it was the invitation for that moment in time, it doesn't mean it's the invitation for forever. So I think it's really important that we just recognize, like we are transforming people, like constantly transforming people. And I think the beauty of flexibility is that we can, you know, there are other things that may be on the horizon. And what I think can be true is um, the fact that we've done things in the past can often give us an even greater openness to what might come in the future. Um, so that that's something I would say. But, you know, I, ju- I do want to acknowledge, I think we live in a culture that in many ways thrives on perfectionism, thrives on making the right choices all the time, whatever the right choices are. Um, I often think about, you know, children, um, my children in school, they're often taught this idea of like growth mindsets and how the mistakes we make actually expand our mind. And so not to be fearful of that. But I often think our society doesn't act in that way. We may tell our children that, but I don't know that our world is acting in that way. And so because of that, I think it can be really easy for any of us to get hard on ourselves about maybe a choice we've made in the past. And, you know, I do want to also just be a little cautious here too, because I do think that there is a certain privilege that is part of the ability to make some of these changes as well. So, you know, the, even the decision to go back to school, there's resources involved in that. So I want to also be careful with recognizing that not everyone in our world has the same, um, like sense of agency to make some of these decisions. To have choices. And to make have the choices, choices. Yeah. 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 And so I, I think it's also just important that we think of it like that. And so, um, you know, it, it, in spaces where 
maybe opportunities or resources are limited and then you know we choose something and that doesn't work out i think that can even make it easier for us to be hard on ourselves mm-hmm. too so so i just want to acknowledge that and i don't even have an answer for that but i think it's something good for us to maybe just sit with that reality um in this conversation mm-hmm. too but but at the same time you know what I said at the beginning about an invitation from a friend to go to a party, that there's goodness on the other side of that. And I think the invitations that God extends to us, that there's goodness on the other side of them. And it doesn't mean that every invitation is for life. So I like that. I like that very much. Yeah. Thank you for that. I just, I, I appreciate that because it is too easy for when I look at your life, at the little bit that I know about it, right? And the changes, it looks like a beautiful unfolding to me. It looks mm. like a, it looks mm. like a journey that has surprises and that God is blessing and you found things and it, you know, it was exciting. But when I look at my journey, I tend to see that it's a mess or it's filled mm. with wrong turns or something. And I don't think that that needs to, it doesn't need to be that way. I'm better about it now than I used to, but I'm better just being on it. Like, you know, when I get down in it, I'm like, well, if you hadn't done this, you wouldn't do that. But when, when we look at other people's, I think we have so much more grace or we can see mm-hmm. the joy in the journey and other people much easier, at least I can, than I can in my own. Anyway, so yeah. I appreciate what you're saying today because it's very much reminding me to look at my own journey with the grace that I look at other people's journey. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate oh, I'm that. I'm so glad. I am yeah. so glad because, you know, I I just do, um, I I do think that these things, they're important to our stories. I think they're, they are pieces of our stories. And um, I, I think the other thing that's really tricky in our world is we often have this sense of, well, if I make the decision, if it doesn't go this way, then, well, that must be a mistake that, and I think that's a kind of a, societal almost view that I think we, at least maybe in our Western culture, can be very much raised in this thing that um, good outcomes equate with right decisions. And 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 I think that can be potentially problematic and stifling, I think, to us as we seek to just try something. Yes. And as we trust that the Lord is at work in our lives in all things, because sometimes it what sometimes if we feel like we took, we take a step of obedience and then we're met with an obstacle or something like that, then we like, Oh, I got it wrong. Well, the reality is no, actually this obstacle is exactly the thing that the Lord wants to use to grow us, to refine us, to bring about, uh, you know, and so uh, actually can we even embrace the things, the hard things, Mm-hmm. the right things. Cause I'm confident that you don't sit down. If you, if you have an essay and you, there's thousands of words that don't get in there, that's a process of mm-hmm. learning, as you just said. And so if we mm-hmm. look at all those things as if they're wrong, then we are like discounting how we're growing yeah. through. Yes. And there are moments where it gets hard. Even the right things get hard mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure not every magazine or whatever you've pitched to, uh, you know, immediately the answer was yes, no. I would bet not, right? Like, no, not at all. No, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Could, I, I used to keep a spreadsheet of my, like, and I know my rejection rate. I don't do that as much anymore. Not that I don't think one should. I just, life has happened and that's yes. not yes. my focus, but no, right. That there definitely are. And I look at this writing journey I've been on and I mean, I can look back to some very low points in this journey, the sense of what am I doing? Oh, you yes. know, what, why? doing this? Why am I spending time on this? This is not amounting to whatever. And I think those are, 
I think those are the realities. Um, but again, I just think like that idea of there is goodness on the other side of these invitations. And that's going to look different in different ways. I don't, I don't want to claim that it means success always or this or, but I think there can be something there. I, um, I was listening to this podcast last summer and it was talking about invitations from God. There's a book. Um, oh, and I'm going to forget the author's name. Maybe I can send it to you later and yeah. show notes or something, but the book is called Invitations from God. And one of the invitations was the invitation to participate in your own healing. And um, I just found that to be such a dynamic invitation that there could be such goodness eventually in that. But I also think that is an invitation to some hard places, right? That yes. that could be an invitation to some really hard places. Yes, so yeah. Um, and God I, will take us there at, at, at the timing he knows we need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. I think there's definitely that um, thing. The other thing I was going to just say, as we were talking about kind of changes and making changes and stuff, I was actually speaking at a, something this past weekend and someone in the audience, when they heard my background, they said something to the effect, it sounds like you were kind of scattered. And um. <laughs> And I mean, I, I, I did not, I don't think it wasn't said in any kind of right. negative way or yeah. anything like that, but you know what it reminded me of, and this is what I believe really strongly, Angie, is that we can look back to the things in our past and see patterns that exist that can actually speak into where we are headed. And Amen. so I, um, I just think when I look back on my story, what I see a lot is a woman just motivated by issues of justice in the world and wanting to address that, a person deeply creative. So really thinking like creativity and thinking through problems and creative solutions being something of my story. And so I feel as though the opportunity to have done some of these things, which yes, I may not do them now, but I think has been so helpful in helping me to kind of see the patterns in my own life. The, the story that I believe that God has been writing for me. Yeah. I want you or mentioned has stories. Written. Yes. Yes. Has, yes. Psalm 139. It's already been written. It's, he's written it and he's reading it to you so that <laughs> yeah. you know it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Talk yeah. to me about stories. Cause you're very passionate about sharing your stories and encouraging others to share stories. Yes. Why do you think that's so important? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just think sharing stories is so powerful in our world. I think it has uh, just this beautiful way of connecting us to one another that we can recognize the things we have in common, but then at the same time, we honor things that are different about ourselves. So we're not trying to just reduce ourselves to the same people. Um, and, but at the same time, I think it helps us to recognize the spaces where injustice is existing because oftentimes these differences are arising because of injustice that might be out there. So I think stories have a really powerful way of doing that. I also think in a world where we, um, maybe we, we struggle to develop empathy for another person, I think stories have the power to help us develop empathy for one another, which I just think is a beautiful thing. So I think about some of the things that I have shared and after, like essays I've read and then afterwards people coming up to me and you can see and they share just how 
it made them see the world in a different way, at least this little sliver of the world. I'm not even saying the entire world or anything like that, but this sliver of the world in a different way, I think um, is something that is particularly important or just valuable, I think, about that whole process. Um, and I think within our stories, when we when we set about to think about our stories, to tell our stories, I think it allows us to see ourselves. That's one thing that we see ourselves that I think oftentimes, you know, we just move through our lives without even kind of just taking, I don't know what it'd be like, recognizing who we are, how we, how, what contributes to the story of us and celebrating that story of us and um, not necessarily shying away from the hard parts and things like that, but the story of us. But I, um, I believe also it helps us see other people as we share stories that we, we are also seeing other people. And, um, you know, I mentioned Psalm 139 before in my essay collection, I actually use some of the verses from Psalm 139 as kind of, what do you call it? Is it the epigraph that, at, that starts each section? Um, because I believe really strongly that if we believe Psalm 139 about ourselves, we must also believe that about every other person yes. in the world that, yes. that, you know, just as I am fearfully and wonderfully made, every other person is fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. Um, and then I think the final thing that I think, you know, might also resonate here with your listeners is that as we, we see ourselves and we see others, ultimately we see these stories as being part of this one great story that is unfolding. And yes. so I think that's also a really, really neat thing. I think about um my picture book. So all the places we call home, I received a message from someone who had shared the story with her grandniece. So her grandniece um, is a multiracial child and her father, um, her mother is white and from the States and her father is black and from, and now I'm sorry, I'm forgetting which country, but anyways, from another country. And so all the places we call home, it tells the story of this little girl who every night um, she spins her globe and um, she points to the places that are part of her story. And then her mother tells her about memories of this little girl taking, like either falling asleep or taking a nap in these different places. So that's the story. So anyways, this woman sent me this email and she's telling me about her grandniece and she was saying how much she just loves the globe and the story, loves seeing it and how seeing the little girl in this story made her want to wear her hair in ways that she saw in the book. And I just thought, and we should be clear that Janine Muhammad illustrated the book and those that's her work, but this is the story that this child is seeing. And so to see a little girl who looked like her in this book had a powerful impact on this little girl's life. And that to me is an example of the power of us sharing stories. I love that so much. It's so powerful. And what mm -hmm. you were talking about as, as individuals we are all, we can all be illustrative examples of the story, like our stories belong mm -hmm. in the story that you were saying, right. that big story that's unfolding. Mm -hmm. But when you share your story and I share my story and we share our story, we know something more about each other and we know something more about ourselves and the way that I can see the Psalm 139 and you helps me see the ones mm -hmm. Psalm 130. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I love, thank you for sharing that from your book, that story from your book. That's Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, for me, it, 
that is a remarkable example. And I think we all have, we all have examples like that of how like stories interconnect, right? Yes. That in many ways, kind of me being faithful to the invitation to even tell the story, to create this book had an impact on somebody else's. That's story. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 her, and, she, and she feels less alone, perhaps. Right. In, she feels yeah. less mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. And then for me, hearing the story back kind of encourages me. Absolutely. In the invitation. Keep telling the stories, right? Keep sharing the stories. Right. So I just think it's such a beautiful dynamic that exists there that can be very powerful. And so I, um, I just really believe that it matters that we, we recognize our stories, that we create space for sharing stories. If people want to do that, I don't ever want to force people to do that, but, um, just to create space to even think about like, what might my experience be? And I, um, I love, there's a workshop I sometimes teach called telling your story. Um, and what happens in the workshop is I give these various prompts for people to think about their own experiences around their name and around kind of places that matter to them around, um, just different experiences, categories that the world has categorized them, just these different things. And people write stories and uh, or they write down these things. And then I create spaces for sharing them. And I just love what happens when someone might say something and someone else across the room is like, oh, me too, you know, um, or or someone else says, wow, I never thought of it like that. And so I think there's just a lot yeah. of beauty. There's power in that. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've mentioned Psalm 139 a couple of times, and I'm wondering, mm-hmm. is there a particular verse from there or maybe somewhere else that like just kind of keeps you encouraged as you stay connected to God and like hear this little pop pop the bubbling up of what he might be asking you to do next? Yeah, that that's a great question. I mean, Psalm 139 has always been an important scripture um you know, just in my life. So, and like I said, I use it as the um in in the book and everything and I actually really appreciate the entire chapter. I think historically I really dwelled in the first 16 verses. Um you know, that kind of culminate with that part that you saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. But actually, I think in the last couple years, I've really been thinking about some of the final verses. So verse 23, where it talks about search me, God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And so there's just something here and there that I love this idea of asking God to search us and, um, know those anxious thoughts to help us identify those things. Um, I, I know one of the things you were, we're going to talk about maybe in a moment is just some things that I'm into right now. But one of the things I'm really interested in is something I've come across called family systems theory, which, um, it's just kind of a, anyways, people can Google it, family systems theory, but there's a particular podcast I've listened to over the last couple of months, multiple times. It's season 16 of strengthening the soul of your leadership. And they are going through this idea of family systems theory and the ways in which we can often transfer, transmit anxiety within um, like our family systems and our family systems being like our families of origin or the families we live with, or even kind of our friend situations or our workplace situations. And I, um, and one of the things they talk about is just that asking for God to search us and help us recognize 
what my role might be in some of these yeah situations absolutely yeah on, so. I, I will say just from my own story you know my dedication to healing from childhood trauma and abuse has mm-hmm. largely been because i began to recognize how it was affecting my parenting how not mm-hmm. dealing with it was affecting my parenting mm-hmm. uh and how i was um mm-hmm. uh, yeah i just i wasn't as i wasn't as patient i wasn't i had too much mm-hmm. of my own stuff inside yeah. and when my kids would do something because can our kids push on our stuff so fast right, uh, right. you know when my kids would right. do something to push on my stuff i right. just i didn't parent them from a place i wanted to i mm-hmm. Parented them from a place mm-hmm. of need instead of a place of or or lacking instead of a you know and um and so yeah I think that's a really brilliant thing that you're saying because it 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 really is what motivated me because mm-hmm. I thought I think I think working on me and trying to invite God or hearing His accept His invitation let's be mm-hmm. honest to to yeah, right? participate in my own healing as you said right. earlier it's yeah. not just about me. It's really Mm -hmm. about these other people that I'm walking with as I do life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just add that to uh, absolutely. I'm on, Mm -hmm. on board with that a hundred percent. So yeah. So the book, yes. Invitations from God, Adele Calhoun. Oh yes. And I I was going to say, I will look that up and put that in there. So you've mentioned that one, Invitations from God. I'm writing that one down and the podcast of, um, and the family systems theory, anything else? I always like, because I share resources. So yeah, uh, anything else that's uh, on your nightstand or in your earbuds right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of other things that I find helpful, I mean, this is just a super practical thing because I, um, I do write in a lot of spaces. So I write essays. I write, um, I write kid lit. I'm writing picture books. I write different kinds of picture books. I have several other projects going on. So I know your listeners are not going to be able to see it, but you see, there's this board behind me right here. It was so tempting to ask you because the one thing I can see is all the post-it notes under joy, but some of the, some of the some of our friends are viewers because I so I oh some okay view oh this is but if you're, reviewed yeah oh, I so didn't know that if you're yeah. not, <laughs> oh, really so if you're not if you're listening not viewing unless Patrice <laughs> says please don't I don't want it to be viewed I, I totally didn't know that I mean I don't know I well hope anyways you all please just be gracious to me if <laughs> I anything here that I'm like no don't look at that. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So this board behind me, this is called my Kanban board, and it is my system for kind of keeping track of the different things I'm working on. And mm. I actually, um, I actually on my website have a link that explains everything. So I'll send you the link so people can see it. But I yes. have found it so helpful. But the basic premise is you have three columns, your to-do column, your doing column, and your done column. And um, as you can see on my board, I gave them different names. I called mine, um, what did I call it here? Begin, journey, and joy. But it just is like to-do, doing, and done. And, um, And so then you start with your sticky notes of what you need to do, and you bit by bit move them into the doing column. So you ideally only move a couple sticky notes, maybe three or four at most into the doing column. And a sticky note in theory should never go backwards. It should only go forward. So you don't bring in new sticky note tasks to doing until you've moved some of them to done. Mm. And I've just found it to be such a helpful way of managing these different projects, different deadlines, different whatever might be going on. Um, And also 
I'm a very visual person. There actually is an app that does the same thing called Trello, but I prefer to use it in this really visual way. I was just going to say, so I'm a Trello girl. I use it oh, okay. and I have a board very similar. You, you say begin journey, uh, begin journey and joy are your categories. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. My categories are process, create and launch. So like it's, I think oh, it's very similar. Yeah, and I have a Trello board where I move my electronic sticky notes around. So I yes. think that's, that's oh, hilarious. It's a, it's a much, very similar process. Process. Yeah. I yeah. Like absolutely. Absolutely. But I'll send you the link because I okay. have a I have a link or a page on my website that explains it because I've people ask me about it a lot. Yeah. So. I love that. I love that. So. Um, we're wrapping up. We're out of time. I hate that. This has been a wonderful conversation. What a wonderful way to start the year in terms of this podcast, uh, this podcasting yeah. year. Uh, Patrice can be found at patricegopo.com. And she has a couple of freebies there. It sounds like she has this uh, uh, that can be there, but um, also finding your story. Uh, it's an activity <laughs> guide to help you consider your story and your journey. There's an excerpt from all the colors we will see her books are all the colors we will see and all the places we call home. That's the children's book. They're available wherever books are sold. Anything else about finding, following you, anything that you would like to tell the listeners before we sign off? Well, um, I will just say like just the other day, I added another gift to my website. So there is a poem activity for the children in your life. If that is something that people might enjoy or too, but you know what, Angie, I did, if I can just really quickly circle back to a story from earlier, because I I wanted to say one more thing about, um, the picture book. So we moved last summer or the summer of 2021, we moved and I was cleaning out, you know, as you're getting ready to move, cleaning things out. And I found on this like little slip of paper, a note that I had written to myself when I was pregnant with my first child. And it said, and this was before I'd even started writing and things like that. And it said, one day I want to write a children's book that explores my child's multicultural heritage. And, um, and that's what all the places we call home is that book. And when I saw that, I thought, you know, this note, I hadn't put it anywhere, you know, as a, I'm putting it on this board as an intention that this is what needs to happen. Instead, what I feel is that that was like the beginning of an invitation. It was a beginning. And really, I feel as though all the response of just even writing it down was that first step in saying yes to this invitation that was going to unfold over the next like decade. So I think that's something I just want to encourage people in with this idea of, you know, responding to these invitations um, that I think it is a, it is not, it is not a burden. It is not a thing like, oh, I messed that up or anything like that. It is a thing that I think often can unfold over time and unfold in some of the ways we just can't even imagine. Because what I believe is that the overarching story is so much greater than just our individual stories. Amen. Amen. I love that. What a great final word. Patrice, thank you so much again for stopping by and for giving us some of your time and serving us today. Really appreciate it. You've given me so much to think about. You are so welcome. This has been super fun. Thank you. I have enjoyed this immensely. Awesome. Me too. Me too. And friend, we know you've enjoyed it too. And thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Peace. How is God inviting you into something new? Where are you with that invitation? God wants us to depend on his strength rather than on our own. And because of that, he'll always be doing that some new thing in our lives. But we can trust him. 
We can remember wherever he takes us, it can be good for us because he is good. Remember God's reassurance in Isaiah 43, 19. Hear it now in the voice. Watch closely. I am preparing something new. It's happening now, even as I speak, and you're about to see it. I am preparing a way through the desert. Waters will flow where there had been none. If you haven't yet, I encourage you to listen to the Take It In episode this week where I focus on the word new. Thank you to Patrice for sharing a little bit of your heart with us today. I hope her example of embracing new things in her walk with the Lord plants seeds of hope in your heart as we get started into this new year. Maybe you're needing something new and you're waiting for it. Maybe you're feeling God do something new and you're not sure you're up for it. Whatever the case, rest in this truth. Whatever he is doing in your life, he will not leave you and he will make a way. Next week, my Live It Out guest will be Teresa Whiting and our verse will be Psalm 34, 5. Teresa will be here to talk about the sexual brokenness experienced by women in the Bible and how God saw them, cared for them, and spoke to their hurt. We'll talk about how so many of us deal with sexual brokenness and how God sees, cares for, and speaks to our hurt too. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll see new episodes both Monday and Wednesday as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.